Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. And today we're going to be talking about how to help your pets be pest-free naturally. Yeah, the only way. We're going to be speaking again today with Dr. Stephen Blake, a.k.a. The Pet Whisperer. And you can find his website at www.thepetwhisperer.com. I hope you will bear with me today. I actually have a cold, which is kind of interesting. but <laughs> You sound fine. Uh, good. Well, at least I don't have that real nasally sound. Honey. No. Um, but uh, today we're gonna we're really excited about this show. This is something. This is only timely, but there's a lot of things that are out on the market and things that are going on that we really like for you guys to hear it from the horse's mouth, or in this case, the veterinarian's mouth. <laughs> so uh, before we hear from Dr. Blake, we're gonna go ahead and hear from one of our video partners, and then we'll get right into the subject of today. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash t-o dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife hey all you dog stylists are you on the cutting edge of canine design and shaggy chic Groomer Has It on Animal Planet is now casting for Season 2. Groomer Has It is looking for competitive dog stylists with amazing personalities to compete to become Animal Planet's top groomer. $50,000 grand prize for the winner, plus weekly compensation for all contestants during filming. If you have what it takes to be the top groomer, then audition for Groomer Has It today. For more information, contact Catherine at 310-727-3337, extension 71272, or email Groomer has it at gmail.com Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, as I said, we're going to be speaking today with Dr. Stephen Blake, a.k.a. the Pet Whisperer, and he always has such great things to share. And boy, is he bold, huh, Jeannie? <laughs> um, he always, he shares, because he's been a veterinarian for so long, and he has discovered the ways to keep pets healthy naturally. And so we're very honored and pleased to have him back with us yet again. Dr. Blake, Welcome. Hi, guys. Uh, it's good to hear from you again. It's been a little while, huh? Yeah, it has. But I hear you're in Lake Tahoe up there enjoying the uh, beautiful uh, Dr. Louie. Yeah, Dr. Louie and I are sitting on the couch looking out at Lake Tahoe right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
get all our inspiration from Mother Nature. No doubt. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Dr. Louie is Dr. Blake's little dog who helps him with um, the clients that come in to visit. <laughs> and he is adorable. And you can see his picture right there on the site. Dr. Blake, we're talking about something that is, well, not only is it timely, but it's a really important subject because, honestly, I don't know how many times we get asked, and I'm sure you do, um, what do we do to help our pets be pest-free? And uh, we've uh, many people have just been told um, the status quo of using um, the topical pesticide controls and um, even the monthly uh, heartworm um, preventative. And so we're hoping today you're going to enlighten us as we sit back and listen to you share your wealth of wisdom with us. Well, thanks. But I want to thank you two guys for, you know, if it wasn't for your efforts to create this media, people wouldn't have access to all the information that you're putting out there for them. So I want to give you guys your kudo for the day. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. We appreciate that. But, you know, again, we have to say that we have wonderful veterinarians like you who are part of the show who do um, come out and share, not just from your experience, but what you believe, uh, what you know from, it's not just your own um, ideal about things. It's, it's, you've, you've, you've got the proof from the work that you've done. So um, I think that's real important for people to hear. And hopefully we'll debunk some myths today, as we always do with you. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I, I classify those myths as urban legends. Yes. <laughs> Louis and I call them urban. Actually, I'm starting, on a new, I'm starting my new book. I'm about five chapters in, and one chapter right. is going to be dedicated to urban legends, uh, veterinary medicine. Oh, goody. Oh, right. So, there are so many. I, I, I never wrote them down, so now as I'm writing them, I'm coming up, they just were prolific. There's so many of them, and some of them would be what we talk about today. And one of the, the myths is, is that uh, the parasite is the problem. Uh, that's been the myth. That's basically what allopathy productionism uh Allopathy is based on the medicine I was taught, and I'm glad I was taught it because it has a lot of th- good things about it, but it's based on the premise of uh, basically what I call microphobia, and microphobia is a word I made up. <clears throat> that basically I like that word. That's a good word, Dr. Micro- <laughs> and then there's paras- parasite phobia as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And, yeah, and, and the thing is is that what we all fail to realize is uh, what Albert, Albert Schweitzer said it best. He said, the soul purpose of the physician is to awaken the doctor within. Amen. So, all right, so he was a pretty smart fellow and did a lot of good stuff, so I kind of like to listen to people who walk the walk as opposed to talk the talk. Mm-hmm. So what he was uh, getting at is that by awakening the doctor in, is in uh, contemporary terms, would be a uh, strong immune system, strong digestive system, uh, strong, strong integument, which is the skin, just basic uh, organ systems that are required to maintain uh, inner health. And then a parasite, by definition, definition, is something which seeks out a host, preferably a weaker host. So if you keep the host, the doctor, within healthy, then the parasite is less apt to get on that host. And so that's your goal, as opposed to trying to kill the parasite all the time, be thinking, how can I make it so my dog or my cat or my horse doesn't get uh, infested in the first place? Amen. So, so that's that's the basis. That's what you want to use as your basis when you're evaluating something. And then uh, Ralph Wal- Ralph Walter Emerson said it best. He said, "The moment the good news is the moment you discover what you know is more important than what you've been taught to believe. The cures will shift, and you will acquire abundance. For success comes from within." So I like to think that success come from within is tying into what Schweitzer said and everybody else, that the success comes from inner strength and health and well-being of the animal or the person. Mm. So it's easy to go and say black walnut does this or that does that or whatever you want to talk about. But more importantly is, is why is the animal having the problem in the first place? Thank you for so, saying that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's important because what I find so often in Western culture, which I am a founding member of, is that <laughs> is uh, is that we're ba- we base everything on uh, everything, like I said, on microphobias and all that kind of stuff. And so what happens is we fail to remember that uh, the sole purpose here is to is uh, my definition of health. My definition of health is optimum cell replication. And I've used that before, I think, yeah, on one of the yeah. shows. And mm-hmm. yeah, optical, optimal 
cell replication is a real simplistic way of explaining what health is. And by that I mean is that as long as your DNA is putting out new information and the stem cells are getting in there and rebuilding everything that falls apart, which there are trillions of cells that die every day and all of this, then you get to stay on the planet. And then when one organ or organ system starts to not repair itself fast enough or, i.e., gets poisoned, which we're going to talk about today, or run over by a car or shot by some hunters, and then you're terminated. But <laughs> if you just go in the normal wear and tear of daily life, then the cells get replicated, and as long as you do a good job of it, you get to stay here longer, and if you don't, then you get rid on, written on your death certificate what organ or organ system failed. So that that's simply put, basically how the whole circle of life works, at least mm. at this point. Okay. Nice. So, nicely put in a nutshell, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted to. I you know how I like to teach you guys. It's like mm-hmm. my my principal, my sole purpose is to give you logic. And if you have logic, then then when you're presented with some information, then you can assess it and not just get caught up in it in your emotion, and thoughts, and then react. Or in the fear base, right, Dr. Blake? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We talked about that before. It's the fear base. Like uh, there was a, an, I just saw a YouTube on a, a, a standard poodle that was just died from a rabies shot. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm going to put it up on my next newsletter and on my website. But it's been going around, and I just got wind of it just a few days ago. And basically, it was a, a gal that's a groomer and raises standard poodles and breeds them. And she had a 12-year-old male that went in, and uh, she tried to argue that the, that the dog didn't need a rabies shot. It was 12 years old. It had other rabies shots, you know, the, the whole thing about the And that brings up the vaccine challenge, the rabies mm-hmm. challenge, which I see you guys have posted, which I'm glad to see. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she argued back and forth, and he, he, he didn't even relent. He wouldn't relent. So they vaccinated, and it was dead within 12 hours. And the dog died very quickly. And uh, the only thing it was given was a rabies shot. And so it was acknowledged that this was one of those rare deaths uh, to rabies vaccine, which uh, in my experience, it is very is rare. It's more to develop chronic disease and to die right there like that. But it, but well, it does true. happen. So then they interviewed the veterinarian who was involved and in, in, uh, representing the hospital. And uh, it's on the, on the YouTube. And she just said that, you know, that uh, means just by the end, basically. And that is, it's a million and one. And so then I pulled up the FDA site, and the FDA site reporting on rabies vaccines reports that have all that all repeated, reported rabies uh, reaction, you know, we call it reaction or side effects or whatever you want to call it, that 5% die. So 5% doesn't mean 5% of all dogs that are vaccinated, but 5% of what were reported to the FDA did die. So, okay, reported though, because a lot aren't reported, aren't they? That that's correct. So right. this, I'm just using, I'm just putting it out just so that people realize that you know there is a risk uh, with that, and that uh, the science shows that uh, they don't need them, but the, bureau- the bureaucracy of it hasn't caught up with the science, and so now we're stuck. With but, we know <laughs> but we know why. We know why, Doctor Blake. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's but it's. Back to remember what I told you. It's not a fight. It's not a. It's a mm-hmm. We want to visualize, a, you know, basically a vaccine-free world, but we don't look as, you know, it's not our enemy. It's just that's just what it is. As the Buddha says, reality is what it is. So it is what it is right now. But by everyone, you know, changing their way of thinking. In other words, not buying the flat Earth maps at the corner anymore and picking up the round Earth maps and then they quit selling the flat Earth maps. I mean, that's the way history works. So, anyway, the newest thing on the market, uh, there's a couple of them. <laughs> I can, my old, my old uh, nemesis, ProGuard 6, I see it surfaced its little head again. Yeah, uh, supposedly, from what I heard, Dr. Blake, and I'll interject here, that um, a couple of people I know contacted the company to say, I thought that this was removed from the market, and now you're putting it back on the market, and they said, well, now it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real interesting how. Uh, well, what I what, what I was gonna why I'm bringing it up was two reasons. You guys said it's timely because you know we're in this new spring summer and right. that's uh, mosquito time. So then everybody uh, makes the, the corollary that every mosquito is dive bombing your dog with heartworm, which is <laughs> right. not which is not true. And if you really study, which I would recommend all pet owners, especially dogs, it's very rare that a cat ever gets it. It's just the dog usually. And, in my experience, over 
38 years is it's, it's very rare. And I treat animals all over the country, so I, I, I have a good idea of what's going on. But but anyway, getting back to the heartworm, they need to. You guys need to Google up. Uh, all your listeners need to Google up the life cycle of the heartworm. Mm-hmm. And when you learn how it works, you realize nature made it so it's not that easy uh, for them to get it. Right. I.e. the dog, uh, and, and definitely not every uh, mosquito carries heartworm. I mean that that that's the fear. <laughs> They make it sound like it, but mm-hmm. it's you know it's 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 not that common. And even in endemic areas where it's prolific or there's a lot of mosquitoes that have it, still the incidence of it is it gets back to that healthy dog. The healthy dog. Mm-hmm. There was a study done at Penn State years ago that where they and I'm not condoning these kind of experiments. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I, my idea is experiment on people, not animals. <laughs> anyway, so the experiment was done with these dogs, and what it was is they took a group of dogs that were a beetle colony that were kept at the university under control, vaccines, you know, wormings, regular wormings, you know, the state-of-the-art diet, whatever that was. And then they went and got a bunch of dogs from the pound that were just strays and stuff and put them in a second study. And then what they did is they took 100 uh, live uh, infective larvae of, of uh, microfilaria dermatitis with a uh, heartworm, and they injected it live into each of these dogs. They had counted them out, so they had probably some vet student counting these. And stuff. Very exciting work. But anyway, injecting into all these dogs the same number of larvae. And uh, and then they they use the word sacrifice. That means they just kill them after X number of months. Mm-hmm. And they they wanted to see how many live heartworm were as a result of this infection. This would be like simulating a uh, a mosquito inf- uh, infection. That's what they were trying to show. Well, what they found was not what they thought was going to happen. They found that in the the beetle colony, which was the vaccinated, well cared for, blah blah blah, they had anywhere from ninety five to a hundred worms. So basically, every larva reproduced itself until developed to a mature worm. Mm-hmm. But in the other study, the the, the I call it the survivor group, and that guy's out on the street. Those guys had one to none. <laughs> Incredible. That is awesome. One, one to none. And the only explanation, which is obvious to everybody, is they had antibodies against it, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what, what we all do. We all develop antibodies from our exposure to every virus, bacteria, things that we're exposed to. The only time it becomes a problem is when our antibodies and immune system are not able to deal with it. Then it becomes a problem. So cool. this study was done, like I think, back in 1998 or 99, a long time ago. And I can't, I just know it was at Penn, no, it was Penn State, I think, or Peru, no, uh, Purdue, I can't remember which one, but it doesn't really matter. The work was done, and it just goes to show you that the secret to it isn't taking ProGuard or taking HardGuard or any of these other products, but the secret is it's keeping the dog healthy. So along comes ProGuard again, ProHeart, and it came out in back, I don't know, 93, 94, whatever. And when it came out, I wrote a letter. I wrote a, a little, an email, not an email, a newsletter to all my readers. I said, don't do this because I can see why this is going to be a problem. And the reason why is it's because the active ingredient is strong enough anywhere in a single dose where you do it once a month. But when you inject it under the skin with six months duration, time release, then that's like six times the dose all at once underneath the skin. So you have no idea how that dog's going to react. And once it's in them, what are you going to do? So mm-hmm. anyway, enough dogs died, so the FDA pulled it off the market, which is very rare. I mean, I've been in the, the business 40 years, and I really, to be honest with you, I can't remember a drug, uh, you know, being pulled off the market for a dog. It usually mm-hmm. stays on there. It's like... Uh, uh, like Rimadil. Rimadil, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Rimadil, uh, the only reason it's on is because they petitioned, uh, you know, thousands of dogs who died from that, and they petitioned uh, the, the company, I think it's Pfizer, that owns the patent. They petitioned for um, uh, uh, change the label. And all they did is add death, which now they've amended to cessation of life because that sounds <laughs> That sounds right. nicer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but they put on a label, and the FDA said, okay, as long as you put it on a label, it'll kill them. Then, yeah, you can, you can keep selling it. Mm-hmm. So that's what right. they did. Well, then I see ProHeart. I'm reading right now. It says, here are just a few of the potential side effects. And this is what, what the company is telling the veterinarians to tell the you know, the pet owner. So it says, mm-hmm. swelling and pain at the site of injection. That doesn't sound too bad. Facial swelling, diarrhea, vomiting, lethargy and fever, wobbiness and weakness, rash, shortness of breath, erythema, multiform, body-wide disease with a characteristic rest involving skin and mucous membranes, autoimmune hemolytic anemia, <laughs> i.e. destruction nice. of red blood cells, seizures and neurologic events, and then at the end, death. Yeah. <laughs> so it's safe. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, so who is looking out for our interests and the interests of our pets, Dr. Bray? Well, I know. We remember we're not. We're not here to... Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I just have to get that good, any, you know? Well, of course. But I'm just now. Remember now, you know, the Zen thing. The Zen right, thing. Right. Definitely just, you know, as, uh, as uh, the Buddhist says, silence and silence and space. Just be there. Just be present. That's all I got to do. So what I, what I find with knowledge, knowledge is... Is uh, is wonderful, but uh, it's all about application. Right. So what happens is you get you get, get the knowledge, you present it, and then the definition of teaching is the teacher, the taught, create the teaching. The teacher, hmm. the taught, create the teaching. The teaching. So you can say all you want and yap all you want, but if the taught, i.e. the student, doesn't understand what you're teaching, there is no teaching. So the teacher is really? you. Okay, so the purpose of me being on here is not to just make noise. It's right. to give you guys, the listening public or whatever, some information that you can sit down and not get emotional about it. Number one, no thoughts, no emotion, no reaction. Just sit there, look at it, go, hey, do I want my dog to die or possibly die or all these things? And does that justify the means justify the end well what right. happened is all you have to do is listen to, to TV which I try to do my best not to but yeah. the, all the commercials are medical and right now oh, yeah. they're always human and they even say on their death now and that's gotten acceptable to, to even tell people that if you take this drug you might die so now they're even doing it with people where and then they, and the animals they do the same thing the the point of that comment is that we have dumbed down Americans mm-hmm. to the point where they can hear someone tell them that it might kill them and they'll still buy it yeah it blows my mind though doesn't it yeah, wow. i mean it, it's it's illogical hard to comprehend it's, yeah Totally illogical, and it's not a judgment thing. I'm not judging anybody. No. I'm just saying, if you were just a rational, you know, everyday But you're Joe, talking about thinking, Dr. Blake. Thinking mm-hmm. and then discerning. Thinking Common sense. and then discerning. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. the point of learning, though. If you can teach by example, that's why mm-hmm. I use these quotes and different things, mm-hmm. is because if you can give an example that is applicable in your daily life and go, hey, be the dog. That's what I always tell you guys. Be the dog. So now right. you're the dog. And you're the dog, and you're talking, and, and someone's talking to you, and you're the dog, and you're saying, you know, this stuff might kill you. Uh, would you like to to have a little bit? You know, uh, no, no. And, you, and, and if you had a voice, which the voice is the caregivers, that's us. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if we don't speak up for them, then boom, they're under the knife. They're under right. the their gun. They, things are done to them, not out of you know malice, but just ignorance. Mm-hmm. And so. The more we become armed with knowledge, there's no, without, with knowledge, there's no fear, because then you, you know, you know, you know the truth. So, what I'm saying about this is that it's back on the market for whatever reason, and the only reason it'll stay on the market is if consumers purchase it. Mm -hmm. So, it's up to the individual, not up to you or me. I mean, we can't make people not do things. Right, right. And the only person you can change, the only person you can change is you. Right. You can't change other people. You can give them information and all kinds of stuff, but they have to change themselves. The only reason people change is because they see the light or whatever you want to call it, and they, they kind of wake up and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've done it. And I'm sure you guys have heard it time and time again, like I have. They go, oh, I, I never thought of it that way. That's all. Until a light goes on, until they hear, Dr. Blake. Mm-hmm. You know, we had I had a, a friend today tell me that... Um, that her dog runs whenever she gets out the um, Advantix. Oh, my goodness. And to me, that's the dog speaking very loud and clearly. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I well, yeah, that. And that, yeah, but what happens is then, then, they, then they say, and then if you, you could, I could give a logical explanation for that. So, you know, sometimes it stinks a little bit at first, but it goes away, and then it's okay, and it's perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. And someone, someone could go, oh, okay, and then they go do it. Well, I had a client of mine recently say that, she uh, got it on her hand uh, somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't have her gloves. She had her gloves on, but somehow, you know, that should give you an idea. Of how uh, exactly. <laughs> right. We <laughs> have to wear gloves. That should be a red flag for, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. Even if you had a 60 IQ, you ought to be able to figure that one out. <laughs> anyway, so what happened is she told me, I asked her, well, what did it feel like? She said, oh, it felt like there was acid burning through my skin. Oh, and, yeah. and I said, uh, so I said, what'd you do? And she said, well, I immediately washed it off. And I said, well, how long did that affect? How long did you feel it? You know, the stinging and the, and the numbing, and numbing. She said her hand was numb. She said six hours. That's oh, even with, okay. that's with getting it washed off right away. Oh, and uh, and actually, was, actually it was, uh, it was front, front line, she said she used, okay. <clears throat> which they advertise that once it gets on the skin, you can't wash it off. Mm-hmm. So that's their big selling point. So I'm not picking on any particular company. I'm just right, saying we understand that what in, you're doing. in their literature, it says all this stuff. I'm just repeating right. what it says in the literature, and then I'm reporting what a client told me, her experience. Right. Well, then I had one where they put it on and the, on the neck, and they put it in a plastic kennel, and then they heard the dog screaming, and they came back. You know, 15 minutes, whenever they came back, or screaming, they opened it up and the dog couldn't get up. And they realized what had happened is that it had melted the plastic into its fur and its skin. Oh, so oh. it actually dissolved the plastic and then it melted right into the dog because it laid down against the plastic where it gotten this fresh dose. Oh, so if it can burn through, if it can <clears throat> melt plastic, you can see why this poor dog is running away. Well, it must really My question, stink. Dr. Blake, would be how does that get to be passed as safe? safe? <laughs> Well, that's because the rules have gotten down to where, you know, death is okay, so what's the problem? Right. Oh. If death I mean, is okay, that's, then that's, what's a little skin irritation, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Opinion, that's, that's a form of abuse, though, so. Well, yeah, but again, it's opinion. So you know how right. opinions go. There's a lot of them. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's, I'm not, you know, it's, again, but, uh, our purpose of this show is to inform people about just common stuff that's out there. But it's to get them to think, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to just, Dr. Blake says, or, you know, Kim said, or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. like that. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care if anybody ever quotes me. I would rather have them say, you know what? I was reading, and I, I found that um, the active ingredient in frontline advantage is a carcinogen and a neurotoxin. Uh-huh. And they can read that right off my website. I mean, I'm just reporting what's already been out there. For, for that one article was written in 2000. Mm-hmm. So that's eight years ago. I mean, this stuff has been around. I mean, it's nothing new. It's just no one talks about it because it, it, it uh, decreases sales. Right. So other than that, it would be, it would if it were out there, if this was being reported, I don't think people would be so quick. And as opposed to a little commercial with a little golden retriever smiling, it's talking about how fun he's having at camp because he has Advantex on him or something. You know, I mean, that, that <laughs> yeah. makes people think that this is really fun stuff but mm. and the other thing it's absorbed into people which they don't report that the client was one of them she told me another client got it on her lips they accidentally got a little hand and touched her lip her lips were, were numb she said for half a day oh. just, from, oh my just from a casual contact then another client who was exposed to front line from another dog had a grand mal seizure and she, oh, contacted, yeah. she contacted the company and, and I talked to the chemist and he said oh yeah it's a choline inhibitor so Choline inhibitors just cause seizures. So, you know, I definitely wouldn't recommend you be Anybody has a seizure, I sure wouldn't recommend you be around this stuff. Well, it's not on a label. All right. So, I'm just telling you that it's because it, it, it's, we've dumbed this down to the point where death is okay, then these things we're talking about, the seizure here and there and everything else, I mean, you know, compared to death. So, that's the reason why it's gotten so complacent uh, about, you know, saying that this does no harm because what is. You know, now they list as a side effect death. So that's well, the And problem. I know, Dr. Blake, you've also said that, for example, the heartworm medicine, which I, I think many people use the monthly or sometimes the topical, it just depends on what, they're, what they think is going to be either easiest or maybe less invasive. Who knows? I, I'm not real sure how what people think other than what maybe they're being told or they're just, like you said earlier, not thinking, not thinking for themselves. That's a better way of putting it. Um, but you said that heartworm medications can also cause aggressive behavior and neurological and hepatic damage, which is liver damage. So um, there are a lot of things to think about before using these because these are pesticides, aren't they? Oh, yes. Well, they're, yeah, they kill. What's a pesticide? Something that kills a pest. What's mm-hmm. a flea? Mm-hmm. Well, last time I heard it was called a pest. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not that hard. To, it's just that we call it different things to make it sound better. And, yeah, and, and granted, Compared to what we used to do back in my time, we dipped them with Durzban and mm. Malathion. Yeah, and, you know, just mm-hmm. did, that was that was the state of the art in those days, and and it nearly killed me. That's you know you know my story how I got right. into it <laughs> from being 
poison from the, <laughs> the poison I was putting on my poor patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, getting back to that aggression thing, yeah, that uh, that came direct. I mean, it's not. I have one case that you know. I mean, I've had many cases, but one was right out of Louisville. This client of mine in Louisville, and she told me she said, "Man, I at first I, I didn't want to do it. I gave in the dog." You know, just would turn into a Cujo after a day. Last about a week after the dose, and I thought, ah, he's adapting with a rescue dog. Another month went go by, she hit him again, and this time he mm-hmm. did the same thing all over again. So the light finally goes on that, hey, there's a corollary between this dog's behavior and this drug because he was attacking her other dogs. So she called up the, the powers to be, and they said, well, you know, try this this one. This one isn't as toxic. So they tried a different uh, artworm medicine, and he still had aggression. It wasn't as bad, but he still had an aggression. And, and so in Chinese medicine, the liver is where the anger is housed. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make it's pretty easy to figure that it's a, you know it's a chemical, so it's going to go in the liver, and the liver is going to get angry, and then anger can come out of that. Not all dogs are going to do it, but you know these cases that happens. So how many people are destroying their animals because they're reacting to a potential drug reaction as opposed to there's something wrong with them behaviorally? So no one ever considers that. Exactly. So real problem. So then. Oh, wait, so anything else you want to ask me about that before we move on to Promeris, my next topic? No, I was hoping you'd get into Promeris, so please go yeah, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> this is an interesting one. Uh, I just pulled it up here, uh, and it was a story, kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys, I think maybe you guys sent me this, uh, not I this think story. We, yeah. We yeah, maybe this story, or you alerted me that this is mm-hmm. on the market. You know, me, I, I don't use any of these chemicals and, and don't read any of the literature on this stuff, so it usually comes to me through uh, you got a client or somebody says, what do you, they ask me, you know, a reader says, what do you think about this? So I Google it up and research it and look at it. But um, anyway, this was a, a gal, uh, says, uh, new product designed for effective product, blah, blah, blah. I got Proberis uh, this week for seven dogs, six Huxies and one Golden Airedale, and the result were debilitating for nearly all of them, including me. Mm-hmm. Since my incident this week, my vet has pulled it from distribution and alerted the manufacturer of Fort Dodge. So then she goes on to tell what, what happened. So it's pretty, it's just good to know because, I mean, this is someone on the street that, you know, did what he was, they were supposed to do, and this is what happened to him. Now, not everyone's going to have this reaction, but, I mean, this, this is potentially what could happen. Uh, within less than two hours after applying, four of my dogs had vomited from two to four times. Three were disoriented and slumped and, and stumbling. I was dragging, uh, one was dragging his back leg. I was, I, one was salivating. I had very similar symptoms, like an allergy reaction. My lips were swollen, eyes very red, mucous membranes, just in my eyes, nose, and mouth were stinging. I was very disoriented, dizzy, equilibrium, and not able to drive. To make this short story, all seven dogs were admitted to the hospital for veterinary care, and three of them remained for for care, IV fluids, and observation for 24 hours. I was in the emergency room. I'm home now, and so are my dogs. We're all feeling much better. Vet bills were over 2,500, which poor dogs is paying for these. Not only can the product cause this reaction, it has a highly noxious odor that permeated the house and just starting to dissipate after three days. Your dog and cat may not have the same reaction, but given my experience, I want to help you all become well-educated about the product. So that's just uh, a gal, and Chief Ann Anderson, Anderson from Columbia, South Carolina. So that's, that's just one person that wrote in about this stuff. And so as we were talking earlier, you know, how many people, you know, uh, ever report anything? Right. And also, yeah, and also this drug evidently it's the first time it's ever been used on dogs. I think I read that somewhere and somewhere in the reading I had. So that always makes me real nervous when they release something they've done before. So that's but anyway, that's just some of what's going on. And and, and you read when you Google it up, it comes up you know very safe and you know mm-hmm. mild side effects and you know it sounds pretty innocuous from reading it. Right. Sort so, of see your dog, own dog running from it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it'll be the, yeah. It could be the same thing. The little dog's running away, and uh, you know, and then the people go. They they think, well, it's not that. You know, it, it'll be good for you, Fido. You know, it'll keep the ticks or fleas off of you right. until you do it because mm-hmm. you're more afraid of the ticks or the fleas. Exactly, and you know that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? I mean, it's it's our fear of these these pests. 
that, yeah. that we're giving yeah. these these things to and her. It, and it is fear-based, Dr. Blake, partly and partly just watching too much TV maybe um, and not thinking. And so what, I would, what I'd really like to do is take a short break, and when we come back, what I'd really like to do is, um, you know, how we, we've given them all of the why nots, you know, right. in, in the... Uh, uh, all of the things that can happen. So now we want to give everybody what you can do. And I think people are going to find out it's pretty simple because you pretty much said it in the beginning of the show, but we want to um, spell it out a little bit and then, um, and, and then hopefully questions. But um, don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally. Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. If you love your pet, you won't want to miss the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, September 27th and 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. Check out the latest in pet products and services from over 100 exhibitors. Meet adoptable pets from local shelters and rescue groups demonstrations, and a pet fashion show. Plus, you can enter your pet into lots of fun contests with great prizes. It's all at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, September 27th and 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. Go to LouisvillePetExpo.com for more. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer, together with Jeannie Thomason, and we're your hosts today. We are speaking with Dr. Stephen Blake about how to keep your pets pest-free naturally. And since we talked about all of the, all of the um, pest-laden stuff in the first half of the show, we can talk about some of the um, natural ways to keep your pets pest-free. But uh, Dr. Blake said something very interesting at the very beginning of the hour, and if you weren't here at that time, you're going to want to go back and listen. He did say that it's all about the immune system and keeping that strong. And a lot of times, I think, in Western medicine, uh, Dr. Blake, or in, in Western society, we want to exchange Western drugs for Western herbs or something. And I don't think that's necessarily the answer. So I'm very interested. We're both very interested to hear how you're going to, um, what you're going to tell the audience. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like I said before, the, the whole premise of health is optimum cell replication. And what, it, what gets in the way of that is, is the issue. And so what can you do about that? So I call them my ABCs. A is avoidance. 
So many times uh, <laughs> the problem, why the animal is being a, having a flea problem or a tick problem or whatever it is, is because of what's actually going into the dog in the first place. Mm. So I oftentimes find people, you know, putting, you know, different oils on their dog or doing different things for fleas, mm-hmm. you know, garlic and all this stuff. But they are annually getting vaccinated and they're once a month doing their heartworm and they're doing their advantage and their, all this other stuff. So they're wondering, why is my dog not healthy? Well, you have to start with what goes in. You know, there's an action-reaction. So the, the fewer things you put in the dog that have any potential of causing any kind of problem are going to help to reduce the stress on that immune system or that animal's well-being. So you got to start with real basic stuff. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, people want to run out and get, well, what oil do I use to get rid of tick? <laughs> right. What do I you do? Get that all I, mean, the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, that's how I was 30 years ago when I started on this Thanks. quest. And, I, you know, I want to, give me the give me the bottom line, you know, what do I slap on this dog so it'll get better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. That's kind of the, that's your Western, you know, this Western yeah, thinking or exactly. Alabama thinking. Yeah, so, so in order, as a, so as opposed to here's the cure for ticks, you know, that kind of thing, where I have the perfect thing for ticks, that kind of uh, simplistic way of looking at it. Not to say that some things don't help. I mean, I've seen plenty of things that help, but the more important thing is what can you do to keep your little guy or gal healthy so that you don't need to do a whole lot of things to them. Their own immune system does the trick. There was a story that somebody told a while back, and she said, and this is an old school, kind of an old cowboy way, um, the little girl asked her dad, Daddy, how come that dog over there doesn't have any ticks and that one does? And he said, bad blood. And that's it really right. just went down. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I remember that's an old-timer thing mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. a long, long time mm-hmm. ago, and, uh, and it's uh, it's true. I mean, it's back to the same old thing, you know, and, and talk about bad blood, you can, I don't even like to use, I don't like to try to use negative terms, but just say, you know, not optimum blood. Right. That's the way I'd look at it, because uh, what happens attractive is... To, attractive to pest blood. <laughs> yeah, well, and what happens the is, yeah, what, what happens is, and, uh, you know, you'll observe this in multi-pet families, is you'll find one dog or one cat that gets all the fleas, and then the other ones hardly get any. And uh, mm-hmm. they even did a study where they put <clears throat> same old thing, X number of fleas on some dogs, and they took one group that was, um, you know, not in the best of health, and they took another group that was, you know, optimum health, and then they counted fleas how long they lived, and they found that the dogs with optimum health, the strong dogs, the fleas lasted half or less their lifespan, they died sooner. Mm-hmm. And the only conclusion was the antibodies from the, you know, that they were sucking from the blood of those dogs, so they had no choice. Now, if they'd had a choice, and you put them in the room with the other dogs, the healthy dogs would right. have no fleas. But right. fleas get hungry and they'll eat anything. You know, they're going to suck blood. I don't care. Like, I've never had a bite from a flea, and I've been around them my whole life. And mm-hmm. uh, But but I know a flea. And if, if I took a room and it was, it was infested with fleas and no one had been in there for two weeks, I walked right. in, I'd be, it'd eat me alive. They don't care about my antibodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it'd eat me. But if you're in a normal setting where, you know, they come and go and there's other hosts and blah, 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 then the flea will naturally select the animal with the weakest uh, blood, if you want to call it that. So that's another way when people call me up and when I first take a case and, and they're telling me about this chronic problem with fleas, well, right, that's when the disease started. What was wrong with the dog? First time it, they had to struggle with the fleas. Then that's when it showed up. That's when the dog was showing it was ill. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is the illness is mistaken for a flea bite dermatitis, and so then they just trash the dog with all kinds of stuff to get rid of the fleas, and the problem is just getting worse and worse, but the fleas are dying, so everyone thinks they're okay, and then you know whatever happens is worse than whatever they started with. Every cancer case I've ever seen started with a dermatitis. Mm. Not, wow. I can't think of one. Every one of them started with a dermatitis. So what was happening is the dermatitis was just a mirroring of the internal health of the animal, and then right. we went after it with uh, you know this uh, kind of myoptic way of looking at the problem, and then the result was is that the problem was actually aggravated by the chemicals that were added to an already sick animal. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep in mind the bigger picture. You can't just say, I have a flea problem, <clears throat> I mean, there are plenty of things we can do, and we'll talk about those things you can do. And I'm not saying ignore it. Just say, well, I've got, you know, uh, we sit down in our, in our house, and the fleas are crawling all over us. But Dr. Blake said that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> you know, I would never do that. And, I, and I've been in that situation where they right. call me up and everyone's being eaten alive, you know, including the people. Well, you have to do stuff. You can't just sit there and go, well, you know, this is really nice, but I don't, I don't want to kill the flea and she gets <laughs> bad karma and whatever. So I don't do that. But you have to get back to why you're having the problem in the first place. So first step, avoidance. So go down your list, and if there's anything on the list that you're doing to your dog that has any side effects whatsoever, and you have, and you have to make decisions your own. Like in heartworm areas, I even write this in parentheses to all my clients around the country, that I say, if you're comfortable with this, I mean, they have to make decisions. I can only tell them what the, my experience has been, but there's no guarantees. I mean, who's to say that, yeah, if you stop the heartworm medicine, you wouldn't get heartworm? Well, you know, I stopped using heartworm 25 years ago, and knock on wood, let me find some wood here. Other than my head, <laughs> here, here we go. Okay, <laughs> you're fine. Uh, I've never, I've never had a patient get heartworm. You know, clinical heartworms. That doesn't mean they right. didn't come up positive. They could come up positive on the test. That doesn't mean they're going to die of heartworm. Right. It just means that there's an evidence that the, the dog has been infected with heartworm. That's all it means. But because we don't want to take the risk, then we put them to the, you know, the treatment and so forth. But I just gave you the example of, you know, that study that was done, and those dogs didn't have any treatment whatsoever. Actually. We had the we meaning the the, the uh, science community had killed those dogs. They would have, except the beagle dogs would have died. Their 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 hearts were full of worms. They would have died without treatment. But the other ones, they were doing great. They were you know had everything under control. They're and building a natural immunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, building. exactly. Um, exactly. There is a question, if I may interject here, there is a question in the audience um, by one of our um, regular listeners, Terry, and she said that she doesn't use any chemicals on her dogs, and she, of course her dogs are raw fed and everything, but she does um, um, volunteer with a rescue organization, and she's wondering what you could even suggest to a, a rescue organization, and we've talked about this on the show before, um, how it would be cost effective for them to help groups of dogs and cats, or maybe something that they could do, or maybe it's something they should maybe stop doing yeah well the problem is with a lot of rescue facilities and and I I commend them for the work they do there's no question they got great hearts it's just that the standard protocol is a a bank of of vaccines which can be as many as 10 or 11 that's very standard so immediately the dogs are stressed whereas if they want if they still believe in that uh, the vaccine I call it the vaccine myth but if they still believe in that, then they should be very judicious in what they do give. And 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 honestly, I mean, there's only two things that, that you know they even have any probability of happening, especially in those situations, would be parvo or distemper. There there are a problem in crowded facilities or stressed animals and stuff like that. So that that can be an issue. But to hit them with all those vaccines and do all that stuff to them, they it just overloads their system, and then they're really susceptible to heartworm because. They, you know, their immune systems are knocked down because of all this preventative treatment that right. they're supposedly getting. It's just stressing them. Whereas it would be better, better hygiene, uh, better diets. Uh, you know, my thing is colostrum. I think my experience over the last 12 years is, if you, it's, it's the easiest thing to do. I mean, you just put them on New Zealand, you know, organic. It's not well. It's organic, more organic than we got. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> and you just put them on that and and uh, and some good meat and good food and um, get them nice and clean and take good care of them, give them a lot of exercise and good clean water, and um, it would be amazing, I mean, the difference in the animal. I mean, it'll, it'll thrive. Without having to vac- vaccine load them. Oh, right yeah, the yeah it's the over, and it's the over. It's the over. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a problem anyway, but when you inject them with a multi-polyvalent vaccine, oh, yeah. it just overwhelms them. All that material. I, I just read a, something on flu vaccines. It's thirty-four. No, seventy-five percent of the, the protein content in a flu vaccine is bacterial contaminant. Oh my that's goodness! Just gross. Yeah, that's in, that's in flu vaccines for people. So I have yeah, no idea. You can imagine what it is in dogs. And cats. Yeah, I have no idea. No one knows because oh. it's all proprietary, and you can't find right. out. And, and then they pulled out the thimerosal. They say in the vaccines for people. Well, I don't. What are they, what are they doing for animals? And exactly. For on and on. There's just so much out there that people don't know, and they just take it as oh, it's just a little shot. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. But all of those things contribute to weakening the immune system, and so. Getting back to the A thing, my A avoidance uh, thing is that for your rescue people, 
you know, again, the, the crowding is always a problem when you get a bunch of animals together, especially if they're not well, then you just kind of compound the whole problem. So the better they can be, you know, cared for individually or in a situation that's as hygienic as possible, good food, clean, uh, clean water, uh, all the basic stuff, and, and do a fecal sample, check them. Maybe they are you know, parasitized. So sometimes it, you need to know that, and you can worm them. There are different ways to worm them without using chemicals, or even some of the chemicals aren't that bad. I mean, uh, that have been around for you know 25 years. They're pretty, mm-hmm. they're pretty safe. I mean, I'm, I would rather do something more naturally. But if an animal is really debilitated, sometimes giving them a you know uh, one of these safer, I use the word safer uh, products, and they've been around a long time, that have shown that they are. At least they aren't giving uh, results back with hurting a lot of animals. It's very rare I see anything with that. And but the point is is that you would release their their worm load, if you will. Right. So they can uh, be yeah. Yeah, they just yeah. But you know, Doctor Blake. Mm-hmm. We actually had um, one friend, and I'm not going to plug a product here necessarily. I'm just giving an example, but um, and I, because I know you're familiar with this product, uh, the dog had, it was a puppy that had been wormed repeatedly with worming medicine. This puppy was wormy, but it wasn't doing the job, and she did use the um, parafree. And that dog, it got rid of it. And now that's a natural product versus... Yes, yes, uh, the chemical. And that's why I qualified that by saying that, you know, there are different ways to do this. And it's true. You find dogs who... I've had dogs shown to me, they've had all the standard uh, wormings, and it didn't work. And uh, sometimes it's as simple as putting them on DE. Mm -hmm. There you go, yeah. It's just a real simple way to get rid of pretty much most any parasite. And you can Google that up. You know, there's multiple sites on that. But, but it's a real simple non. You know, it's it's actually a food. It's actually uh, uh, what you call uh, say uh, they're micronutrients. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But they're made from the dead seabeds of ancient oceans, and uh, so they actually are nutrients. They have all the trace minerals. It's an right. excellent trace right. mineral supplement. But it has the added benefit of actually whacking these little parasites and without hurting the animal. So. There are different things. You'll read, you know, different things out there, different products and everything, and some work in some animals and some in others, but you want to be mm-hmm. careful that whatever you use, you don't do any harm in the process. Mm-hmm. And again, you'll find, I've had dogs where I just put them on, you know, clean food and colostrum and everything else, and, and they had parasites, and it cleared up. Oh, another one for Giardia, because that, that comes up a bit. Oh, is, yeah. Uh, it's a common one, and, and a lot of dogs have it, and they don't have any clinical symptoms, which is another thing, too. People assume that if you have Giardia, then you have a snake, but they can be carriers and not have any clinical symptoms at all. Right. But if they do have clinical symptoms and are struggling with it, the easy one of the easiest things I've used for 20 years is just um, grapefruit seed extract. Is that right? Oh yeah, I learned yeah, people I've that too. <laughs> yeah, I've used I've used that forever, and I, and I've I you know knock on wood, I, I can't remember a case it didn't work on, you know, and it it, it doesn't hurt the dog at all. It's, you know, did you just a, add it to the water? It, well, I put it in the food actually. Oh uh, yeah, I just put it in the food. I'll either use the drops or I'll use the capsule. Mm-hmm. They have the little capsules you can buy and give them one capsule a day, and that usually will take care of it. Well, that's Jeannie's a big fan of grapefruit seed yes, extract, Dr. Blake. Yeah, it, it has, it has <laughs> One its place. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, these products you read about, it, I've read a lot of them. You know, like if you read the molasses people or you read the honey people, you read right. the energy people, you read the garlic people. Silver, yeah. I read, yeah, I read a lot of the people. There are a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. And, and if you read it, it sounds like it cures everything. Right. Uh, and it, but it, it can be helpful, you know. It's just mm-hmm. be, be aware. Like I always say, be the wolf. You know how much, how much garlic does a wolf eat? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's much, the example we always use. <laughs> yeah, or how much colloidal silver do they drink at the spring? I mean, exactly. It's just, you just start using a little bit of logic, and you kind of come up with the idea that, well, maybe it's not like that. Maybe there's right. something else we should be thinking about. So getting back to the first step, A is, you know, avoid stuff. So you've mm-hmm. got to go down your checklist because I have people all the time. I tried everything, and then I look at what they've been trying. That's probably why their animal's sick. Right. <laughs> Other red flags for illness, I mentioned, you know, the dermatitis thing is uh, very common. But any time we have a dog with chronic eye discharge or ear discharge, uh, especially uh, dogs, especially mm-hmm. dogs, that's a sign of um, internal disease. It's a I warning. Think. It's a red flag against vaccines for sure. It's yeah. a, mm-hmm. Not that the vaccine is the sole cause of it because it's an inherent condition that they're predisposing to a reaction to the vaccine, but it's a warning not to vaccinate. 
uh, eruptions around the vaginal area or the penis and young puppies, another little warning there. Warts of any kind, um, especially flea bite dermatitis is our old name for that, where they get those little mm-hmm. scabs and stuff around their that little uh, tail base area. Um, uh, Warts could also tartar. be um, a sign of what you're feeding improperly too, couldn't it, Dr. Blake? Yeah, the diet can always be a, right. a, a part of it. But these other things I'm talking about are even the diet, when, you know, because a lot of times what happens with the diet, because <clears throat> I see this a lot, because uh, I've been involved in the raw thing for, you know, I guess over 20 years now, is that mm-hmm. I get a lot of cases where the <clears throat> dogs have been on organic uh, raw food diet, you know, eating better than 99.9% of the world. Mm-hmm. And, they still, and they did better for a while, and then these symptoms started coming back. Uh-huh. And, and the reason is is because that wasn't the cause. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it helped to mask the cause. It palliated the, you know, it helped the animal get healthier. Mm-hmm. But the underlying problem is still existing. And so then it rears itself up and people go, I've tried everything. I don't vaccinate. I don't do Roughly dying on and on, which is wonderful. But they have to realize this problem has been going on for over 100 generations. Mm. So because we've been doing this now for over 100 generations of dogs, right. so it's, yep. it's compounded yep. over a long period of time. Sure. It's in the so it's, yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not to be, I'm not trying to spread doom and gloom here. I'm just telling you, <laughs> you need to think, you need to think outside of that. So sometimes right. things are happening not because of a particular thing you're doing. It can be stuff that's, you know, old stuff coming forward from mom and pop and the grandpa and the grandma mm-hmm. and great grandma and stuff like that. So it's even more important in those dogs to stay away from these things because they're ultra sensitive to right. it because their, their great grandpa was sensitive. So each generation becomes more sensitive. So you really, so I like to see a dog who can eat anything, you know, eat dirt, sticks, a dead <laughs> gopher, you know, eat anything. Yeah. 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 I get a dog like that, and he I, I call him a goat in a dog suit. Yeah. <laughs> I see, a, I see yeah, a goat in a dog suit, I can <laughs> breathe pretty easy. Mm-hmm. That, that little mm-hmm. guy is going to weather storms pretty well, right. uh, as opposed to the one that's on a boiled chicken, organic, and nothing else, you know, kind of diet. Mm-hmm. Those guys are the mm-hmm. ones that are walking the tightrope of being on the planet or not. Mm-hmm. So it's real important that you, you know, yeah. So getting back to the avoidance thing, we're done with that pretty much because everyone can figure that out pretty easy. But again, I mentioned water because that's another thing. A lot of mm-hmm. the water we drink now is, you know, so heavily contaminated with chlorine and everything else and now fluoride and everything else. It's important mm-hmm. to try and be, do your, do, I have a lot of clients that go, oh, I never, I ask them, what do you drink? Oh, I drink, you know, it's grade A filtered, blah, blah, blah. I said, what do you, your dog, what he drinks out of the toilet? I go, well, that's, you know, toilet's not such a bad thing. It's just that what's in it, you know, the water, the water's not so good. So you want to make sure the kid's getting not only good food, but good water. And, and then if you live in a city, you know, you got the problem with, you know, uh, pollution, your neighbors spraying Roundup pesticides, oh, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So so you need to get into learning more about detoxing and all that kind of stuff, which is all mm-hmm. on my website. They can read about that, and that's not our topic today. But that's the avoidance thing. So then comes the building, 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 building. So you want to build up what is weak in that that particular dog. So if he's getting fleas, well, let's just go internal parasites first. So they say you've got, actually, that's where uh, 90% of all uh, toxins, parasites uh, actually enter through the gut. So viruses, bacteria, fungus, yeast, uh, parasites, everything, they, they all pretty much come in through the gut. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a real strong gut, and that's where 70% of your immune system is housed, by the way, then you're going to be pretty bulletproof towards other things causing you problems. So the healthier you can keep the gut, I, you know, like I keep beating up on colostrum, but colostrum is the easiest. I've tried everything. I, probiotics. I started doing probiotics 25 years ago, mm-hmm. and they were wonderful, and they're still wonderful, but they're just a tiny bit of what colostrum would do for a GI system. Oh, you know, so I was just, I, can you go into that a little bit more? Because I was just learning just how great it is for the for um, irritable bowel syndrome and a couple of other things. Well, yeah, well, IBD is just all it is, is a dysfunctional immune system. And, that's mm-hmm. all it is, and, and so anything you can do to help optimize the cell replication of the gut, uh, you know, in a normal way, which when you look at uh, when they, they they've been analyzing colostrum for six thousand years, I mean it's right. used for six thousand years of medicine, so it's not been around. It didn't just fall off the turnip truck last week, Maris. Right. You know, it's uh, it's been around. It's been used for a long time in history. But anyway, when it, when you read about it, 
you'll see that uh, all the micronutrients, I think they've isolated over 250 different um, you know, single micronutrients. But if you just look at it logically like a whale, if you're you know, your whale, so you're on a whale, you're a whale, and you just had a little, little baby, and that baby's going to nurse on you for over two years. Yeah. And that's all it's going to eat. It's just the milk of the mother. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, the colostrum is, you know, has the extra benefits of the first three days, you know, after when they're after they're well right. born. But it's basically milk, just really high grade milk. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so, if a whale can live on it for two years, and a calf can live on, it, I think it's six months. I think a calf has at least six months. And I, I looked all this. Day. I just don't remember all of it. But right. Months and months and months, and that's all they eat. Then it's the perfect food. Exactly. The only reason it's not a perfect food is if you can't digest it. Mm. And then mm-hmm. that's not the fault of the milk. It's the fault of the person who's trying to digest it. Right. So that, that's where you get into issues. But the, the point of it is, is that it's a very powerful in terms of uh, strengthening the gut. And as I said, that's where you know, 90% of your junk gets in your body. So you know, it's kind of like if you have a fort and you've got all these soldiers and you're being invaded by the, you know, the Huns or whatever, and someone, uh, your information guy comes up and goes, well, you know, 90% of them are going to come through the front gate. You know, how many, well, do you want to put them all on the back wall? <laughs> no. Bring them up to the front gate. You know, the front gate's your mouth. So start cleaning up your gut. And then mm-hmm. once you do that, and try not to put any more junk in it than it's already out there with the 45,000 chemicals that are floating around, then you got a chance of actually having a happier, healthier life, which then brings up page number, How to Stay as Healthy as Dr. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wrote that. I got so totally tired of people asking me, well, what do you do? What do you do? I go, well, just read this. This is what I do, and I, I stay pretty darn healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's not the cure-all of all cure-alls, but it, it's a pretty general, common-sense way to right. approach it. All right, so then you get down to, uh, right, how are we doing on time? Um, we're about... Three minutes out, Dr. Blake, but we're going to let you go ahead and go over and finish out your ABCs. <laughs> okay. All right. So back to the B. So you're looking at B, building up the gut. That's number one. So, you know, you mentioned probiotics and good nutrition, and we talked about colostrum and all that good stuff. So the other thing would be is if you have a, say, the skin is not healthy. Say the skin is a reflection of the inside anyway, but just make sure that when you're cleaning the skin, the rule for cleaning a dog Cat, a cat should never have to, well, actually, another one should have to be bathed if they're really healthy. Uh, they stay pretty darn clean on their own, unless they're pig pen like old Dr. Louie. Dr. Louie likes to root. <laughs> so he's, uh, he likes to root in the dirt and roll Good around with his girlfriend. His girlfriend from Black Labrador. <laughs> and uh, Stella. So he sounds like hard. my dog. <laughs> oh, he, and he fly, he runs. I've got pictures of him airborne. That dog, uh-huh. he's not very big, but man, does he, he, he's a very, it took me a year to detox him from one vaccine. Oh my God. Oh my God. One, he got a parvo in his temper. That's all he got before I got him. Mm-hmm. And it took it took uh, a year, wow. and now he's he's uh, see how old is he now? He's a healthy uh, boy now. One and a half, one and a half years old now. And man, is he! I mean, he is you know clean white teeth, mm-hmm. no discharge from his eyes, no discharge from his ears. Beautiful coat, strong as a bull, even though he's only probably nine pounds. He's a small <laughs> small bull. Little he's a, bull. He's a big bull. He's very very brave. He'll attack any dog. He doesn't care how big it is. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, yeah, they don't drop. But anyway, the point is, it took me a year, even with two vaccines, and he had had no advantage or frontline put on him before I got him. Now, most of them were hit with seven to ten vaccines at least. Right. They're chipped, they're chipped, they're, they're microchipped, and then they're frontlined, and then they're heartwarmed. That's mm-hmm. the standard, pretty much preventative. If you call around, that's what everybody does. So even with him not getting all of that, just the two shots, it took me a year to, to, to work with him to get him to where now he's. And he's still, you know, he's got his inherited stuff, but it's still a minor problem compared to what we started with. So when you look at people who are doing, you know, what they're taught. He's pretty lucky to have you, Dr. Blake. (laughs) Oh, I'm lucky to have him. I actually wrote, I've I've written a couple of poems about him when I'm going to, I just wrote one this morning, actually, so I'm going to publish that as well. He's a real inspiration. He's, like I said, the animals have saved my life more times than I can Mine, count. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all agree on that, and they're also the greatest teachers. They're just the greatest. Oh, animals. we are so, doing this uh, show right now, Dr. Blake, and I think our audience probably is groaning collectively, going, she's not going to say that again, is she? But Animal Talk Naturally is here because of my dog. So, you know, I mean, our, they are wonderful teachers. Mm-hmm, exactly, and that's why we have to honor them. And also, as I said, you know, be the dog. So I always say a dog is the greatest, you know, example of peace. 
You know, he doesn't go around and kill other beings just because they have a different idea. So I would yeah. say if you want to, if you want to be, if you want to be, let's say if you don't want to have to get, re- come back again if you believe in reincarnation, then just reach the spiritual level of a dog. And if a dog, <laughs> running, if a dog was if a dog was running for president right now or any elective office, I'd vote for him over any human being. Mm, yeah, you know what I, I did of that. I did of that. The one thing we all did. He'll never lie to me. <laughs> no, he will never lie to you, and he will always so do I, the right thing. And that yeah, always, yeah. He, and even when he's, yeah, he knows what he knows the whole deal. He's got it all down real well. So I, I didn't mean to digress onto that topic, but uh, that's what I tell him. <laughs> great, great teachers, great teachers. Hmm. Well, Doctor Blake, it's been such a pleasure having you back. I know we're going to have to have you back to um, continue this discussion, and uh, but we are going to put you on the spot like we do everybody. And uh, before I do, though, so you have time to think, we're going to ask you what words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience in closing? But the whole show has been words of wisdom, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to give your website, and then you can answer that. Uh, everybody can visit Doctor Blake's website at www.thepetwhisperer. Dot com and get a lot more wisdom over there. He has a lot of great things on his site, and even whales and wolves. <laughs> so what would you like to leave the audience with, Dr. Blake? All right. This is a simple one. It's simple in the terms of the words, but the meaning is very powerful. And what it says is success is the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. Mm, good Very, word. very wise words. Good one. And, and the, we'd like to... And Dr. Blake would we'll love to have you back. Yeah, oh, it's always fun, guys. Okay. It's always fun. And uh, so we want the audience, don't get sad and teary-eyed. He will be back. <laughs> and I'm sure he'll have another great topic to share with us because Dr. Yeah. Blake has, after all, what, 38 years Dr. of experience? Dr. Dr. Louis says he's rolling. He's only laying on his back right now, chewing on his little <laughs> little gopher. It's a oh. gopher, not a real one. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, he, he's smiling. He's smiling. Smiling. Tell Dr. Louie we appreciate what he has done for you as well, mm-hmm. and we're glad that he is part of the show and that he's part of what you're sharing, Dr. Blake. And um, we just really, really love that you are so out there to help everybody and help most be well naturally. So we appreciate you very much. Yes, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks well, a lot. Dr. Louie says thank you too. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagon. Hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com Naturally.